introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he pitches it to Mo Williams. Touchdown! You gotta be kidding me! Right, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And happy days are truly here again. The moment y'all thought might never happen has happened. The cold has come, and it has brought us back. The man, the myth, the legend, the QB1. JR, my man, how you doing? How you been? I'm good, man. You know, we have a crisis going on in North Carolina right now. Grocery stores are empty. Gas stations are full because we're expecting some freezing rain tomorrow. So things are getting a little bit hectic down here. Oh, freezing rain? Is that all? (laughs) Freezing rain. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I I had a homie in in Alabama send me a picture. They got a little dusting and like they shut it down. Like the whole state shut down. That's how it is, man. People panic over freezing rain and when the roads ice up a little bit so it's pretty funny seeing everybody scrambling to get the the last minute things at the grocery store and the gas get your bread and your milk yeah some eggs and some cereal there you go you straight well uh it's good to have you back and uh we're gonna chop it up here in just a little bit miles how are things going uh you 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 staying safe in the uh the infirmary ward over there Uh, i mean my house was a war zone for a week um we're good now but Man, I, I'm still tired. <laughs> well, thanks for making time for us. And uh, I mean, the hardest working man in show business, Saxy Prince, fresh off the improv stage, shows coming up, but he's here with some headphones and Wait, I think a bag of chips. Ride? Wait, here to chat to chop it up with us, Saxy, my man. What's going what's on, up, y'all? What's up? And, you know, it was really, really nice. I didn't have to deal with any kids tonight. No sick people getting me even more sick. So it's just nice because I can just, like, slide into my bed and not have anyone with snot all, you know, all upon me. So I've been good. I've been good. But in all seriousness. Have we told you that no, nobody likes you? In all seriousness, um, yeah, I hear that <laughs> often. I have Nigerian parents. So, you know, it, it is a, what it is. Um, but no, the improv show was actually was really good. It was my first improv show. Um, we, it was really fun. Got the audience laughing. Uh, it was fun to work with all the people that I got to work with. And uh, yeah, man, uh, just keep on that grind. All right, let's get to it. And, you know, since Miles did just call me out, I guess, you know, since we do normally give Prince the business about showing up late, JR was late this evening. So, you know, I got to put that out there. I'm getting grief here for, for, for going in the order that we always go in because JR was late and Prince was on time this time. So let me put it out there. Let everyone behind the curtain. This time it wasn't Prince. Prince was on time. Prince brought headphones. JR was late. You happy now, Miles? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Can you repeat, okay. can you, All right, can can you you repeat that part about Prince being on time? I'm just saying. Just, uh... <laughs> hey, mean, we're, we're, we're like the Seattle Seahawks. We're like... JR is Russell Wilson, and we're we're the the Legion of Boom down here. So like we need our credit too. Mm-hmm. Okay, my oh. bad, my bad. <laughs> so y'all y'all play for different teams now, is what you're saying? Now, oh snap! You know what I mean, because if it's, if it's the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom, they they not there no more. 
We're going too far yeah, down the path yeah, of this yeah. analogy here, and we uh, we got a little bit of football to talk about. And uh, Jr., you haven't been here for a while, so we have some things we need to get your opinion on. And uh, you know, you're you're QB one on this podcast, and uh, I'm not sure if you uh, if if you were paying t- attention or you tuned in or you heard what Saxy Prince had to say, but he actually uh, gave a, a a bit of an endorsement to the play of one Kurt Cousins. On our, on, our, on our last episode. So I need to get your thoughts on not just how Kirk Cousins is playing. I think we all know that he's playing well, but maybe a bit of how he's doing what he's doing and how sustainable you think it is as we look at Kirk Cousins, you know, into 2020 and beyond. Yeah, so I think he's playing really well right now. I think he's playing some of the best ball of his career. And we know that we've all been very critical of Kirk Cousins just because of the things that really has followed his career as far as where he has struggled. And that's really primetime games and clutch moments. And I thought he's played much better uh, in those situations this year, even though I thought he did. He wasn't at his best against Seattle, but it wasn't an overly bad game. I just think all around the Vikings really did struggle, especially defensively. So uh, I think the things that has helped him the most is play action and also just changing the launch point with him. That's something that Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak and the Vikings offensive staff have done a tremendous job with and something that I thought the team struggled with more of last year. And we all know that the play action game really isn't predicated upon, you know, success in the running game, even though that's kind of like a wide believe thing in football. And yes, Dalvin Cook has helped Kirk Cousins in a sense as far as having the threat of him being there and the effect that it does have on defenses. But I don't think his his success should be attributed to the Vikings having a better run game, but I think the Vikings having more success or sustainability uh, from a rushing attack standpoint has helped alleviate some of his weaknesses. So uh, with Dalvin Cook being better, the new zone scheme being incorporated, I think that's really helped Kirk Cousins a lot. And then the Vikings are incorporating more play action, and you see a lot of these nakeds and these bootlegs that they're really getting him out the pocket, which is something that they improved upon a lot, and I think that's the biggest difference we've seen uh, from John DeFilippo to Kevin Stefanski, just because DeFilippo didn't really change the launch point. He really was keeping Kirk Cousins in the pocket and forcing him to throw the ball 30-plus times a game as opposed to, you know, with Stefanski, they're still throwing the ball 25 to 30 times a game, but eight to 10 of those are outside of the pocket, which has been one of the biggest uh, strengths for Kirk Cousins throughout his time, not only in Minnesota, but also in Washington. So given that... um. I mean, they're, they're maxing out what, I mean, a lot of people would say the numbers say you should do, which is go to the play action well as often um, as you can. Is that something that they'll just be able to do forever? Like, what is the counter to play action? Because it seems like a cheat code for, for quarterbacks. Last year when Jared Goff was balling, that was something that was pointed to a lot, uh, the amount of play action that was being run for him. And, uh, and Kirk Cousins seems to be riding that wave this year with, you know, Kirk Cousins, action rollouts, things like that. Um from the standpoint of, of sustainability or long-term, because Kirk Cousins' career, obviously, before this very long extended stretch of, of good play, has been very uneven. And you have a lot of people who point to him needing to be, you know, having perfect surroundings or him being a product of what's around him. Um, as you look at him, has have you seen any fundamental changes to how he's playing or what he looks like as a player when you analyze him from a tape perspective away from you know, just what we're seeing you know, in the stats and things like that? He seems like a guy that's playing really motivated. And I think it was yesterday that he spoke about this and that he just seems to be a better player uh, when he plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I know every player does say that, but 
I mean, let's just be honest. Kirk does read the news clippings. Uh, he's a guy that does have a podcast. And, you know, he's a guy that has been not really active on social media, but I'm sure he reads some of the stuff that is out there about him, uh, whether that's through, you know, Star Tribune or any other news source uh, that is out there about him. So I'm sure he has plenty of motivation. And there's there's been other guys. Uh, I forgot the guy's name from the Eagles uh, that made the comment. But Zach Brown, that's who it was that made the comment about him, just saying that he was the Vikings' weakness in a sense. So since that moment, he really has played motivated, and he seems like a player that has kept that chip on his shoulder. And he's taking more risk this year, and that's something that I love to see about Kirk Cousins because he's known as a guy that hasn't taken a whole bunch of risk, and he hasn't been that true gunslinger that that we've seen uh, from other Vikings quarterbacks in years past. But I think he's taken a little bit more risk down the field, and he seems to be really comfortable with this passing game. All right. That's what we like to hear. So, Miles, I know that you've talked a little bit. I want to get your thoughts, given what JR is just saying there. Uh, you know, how should we how should we play this thing as we roll forward with Kirk? And, uh, yeah, like, what is it that you want to see with, with the team and how we build? Because, I mean, we know they're going to extend him. So, given that we know that he's going to be here for the long haul, how do, how should – I mean, I feel like it's pretty well yeah, a certainty you know that? that they're going to extend him unless something really, really bad happens over the next couple of weeks. Oh, oh, you mean? Oh, well, mean I mean, my, we're in mean a situation where like they can still the playoffs, Jason. Is that what you're talking about? Being like one game away from missing so, that? So okay, would that so be you, a you've now now we're we're going off track? But I feel like this is a good conversation think, to have. If we miss the playoffs, are you really going to try yeah. to pin that on Kirk Cousins? Given that the Vikings' offense is way better than the Vikings' defense at this point? No, it's not, it's not about. No, 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 I'm with you, but it's not about making it about a. It's Kirk's fault or not of whether they make the playoffs or not. It's the fact that. If they go down that rabbit hole of missing the playoffs, at that point, ownership, no one's getting extended because you'd expect. I don't think I. I personally don't think they're going to fire anybody this off season. Um, that's no matter what happens. I mean, I. I just. I don't see it happening. I think they. They want to make sure that. Um, basically, they're going to give Rick and and uh, Zim one more year just because of Kirk. Because Kirk has that one more year in his contract. But I, I would say at that point, why extend them when if for some reason after next year things don't, again, don't go well or, you know, you do one and done or whatever you whatever it is and you want to overhaul, if you extend them, you can't do that at this point. So I feel like they, like if I'm looking at it from, a, from an ownership standpoint, I'd want to make sure that I'm at least, I'm, I'm giving myself a little bit of time to make that decision rather than even though he has played well this year and really well this year, like why would you want to put yourself in that situation um, if things go sideways, especially if you don't make the playoffs this year? If you make the playoffs and, and you have a you, – you win a game or two or, you know, obviously we, you know, our, our hope is get to the Super Bowl, you do all that, 100% understand why they'd, why they'd extend him, why they'd want to help um, solidify the cap space or open up, open up the cap space heading into the next year, um, lock him up for the long term. I get it. But to me, I just I think there still needs to be a little bit more patience. Um, see how the rest of the year plays out before before making any decisions. So I'm I'm actually with Miles on on this. Uh, I'm definitely for you. Need to see how the year plays out before you're really making that decision. I mean, maybe are you leaning towards um, extending them? Probably sure. Um, but it, it, I don't see any advantage to. Um, making that decision before the season ends up, or more expensive after or the next more, more, I think he'll be more. I think he'll be 
long term, he'll probably be more ex- expensive. Um, but I think he'll be cheaper. But my my uh, I'd be an advocate for extending him for the purposes of even if it's a shorter term deal, you do want to alleviate alleviate some of that burden that his contract has been or will be over the next this year and the next year when it comes to having to make some tougher decisions and stuff. Um, so I see I would see the the logic in wanting to extend him from like again maybe one or two more years and see where it goes and then obviously probably eliminate the no trade clause um, because you do want to give yourself some some ability to get out if if things go sideways but oh that's that's not happening kirk kirk owns all the leverage at this point all does he I mean, yeah i mean the reality is kirk yeah. probably wouldn't even let them extend him as we think about it given that a new cba is coming and the cap is likely to go through the roof and all that other business that they let gambling money and stuff around the league yeah, Kirk might hold out and end up getting paid like $45 million a year or some craziness. So, uh. I mean, hey, I, I will say Kirk's on that level of like the, the Drew Brees where he understands leverage. He understands, yeah, he understands getting his money. So, so we're not extending Kirk Cousins. We're riding this thing out. So we end up paying Dalvin Cook and not our quarterback, which is uh, also crazy. <laughs> uh. And, and this isn't a slight of Dalvin Cook, so I hope people don't take it that way. Oh, if they if they don't, Miles, I'm going to make sure they take it that way. So say what you're going to say. Okay. All right. Enough of that. They got some games to play. We got, you know, the playoffs seem like they're in jeopardy, even though the Vikings are in the driver's seat, controlling their own fate, all that stuff in the NFC, which is actually competitive versus the AFC this year. So as they match up, beginning of the season, one of the things that everyone pointed to is the Chargers as one of the most talented rosters in all of the league. Uh, as we roll into this game, JR, what are your thoughts on what we're going to actually be seeing on the field from the Chargers, given the amount of injuries they've had to deal with and everything else going on around that franchise? I think that's the funny thing about this game, just because you never know which Charger team is going to show up. But one thing that is always consistent with them is them crumbling in the end. So you talk about two teams that have a story history of really choking at the end of games. So it's going to be a really interesting game, but there's some really intriguing uh, individual matchups in this game. Of course, uh, their secondary against the Vikings receivers with Adam Thielen being back. That's going to be a very intriguing matchup. They're just getting Derwin James back the past few years or past few weeks, I should say. Uh, he's helped that defense tremendously as well. They've been decimated up front. Uh, on the offensive line, I think that's where the Vikings have the biggest strength. Uh, Pouncey's been out. The Forest Lamp is on IR. Uh, Russell Okun hasn't played this year either, I don't think. So uh, they have, they're have they really struggling as far as up, th- up front and what they do have there. So this could be another big game for Daniel Hunter, who's coming off a three-sack game last week against the Lions. And then we could see Everson Griffin uh, get some, a couple of sacks as well. And then we could also see some other guys up front, uh, some depth pieces that they have been incorporating throughout the weeks. Uh, be a key contributor as well. So there's a bunch of individual matchups, but this is a very intriguing game, but I think it's one that the Vikings can definitely win. Yeah, Miles, and uh, how uh, has San Diego been using your man Keenan Allen? And given what JR said about the state of there, oh my goodness, Los Angeles (laughs) soccer stadium, Chargers. (laughs) Forgive me. The team in Los Angeles that nobody oh, goes to see. Not going to be happy uh, with that. How have they been deploying Keenan Allen this year? And are you worried about him blowing this game open, given uh, that they can't really pass block? To your defense, actually, Jason, uh, 
LA, uh, the Chargers really should go back to San Diego. I mean, they really should. No one's going to. Yeah. No, no, no one's going to those games. No one can. So you, you were speaking for what people wanted. There'll definitely be more Vikings fans at that game. But Miles, Keenan Allen, talk to me, man. Keenan, um, I mean, they're using them the way they always have. They're motion them across the the formation all the time. But one thing I've noticed because I, uh, you know me, uh, I'm a Keenan Allen stan. Um, I have him on a couple of fantasy teams and. Um, I have NFL Game Pass or whatever it's called, uh, Sunday Ticket. So I, I try to watch. I watch Chargers games when I can, and uh, I watch Keenan Allen obviously. And I just um, I enjoy, but I enjoy the the Chargers offense as a whole because I love the way that they utilize their their playmakers. Um, you know, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, and then obviously Keenan, obviously Keenan Allen. But one thing I've noticed with Keenan Allen a little bit more than uh, what I've seen in the past is. They're letting him play on the outside a little bit more, um, but not even just as like the Z receiver off the ball moving around on the out from the outside. They're, he's like the X receiver in some formations, um, kind of like what we see from Diggs or you see from like Odell Beckham Jr. with the Browns sometimes, where they're not moving him around. They're just staying, they're keeping him in the same spot. And if obviously if things uh, um, and asking them to win one on one, which I mean Keenan Allen just like Diggs and, and OBJ, those guys they they can win one on one. Um, but the one thing Keenan Allen doesn't really have that those other guys do is that downfield speed, the, um, the home run hitting ability. Like he's really great. He's great after the catch. He's great at creating separation. So um, when he does that, I mean, he could turn a, a short play into a big play, but he's not the type of guy that's going to burn you for 65 yards over the top. That's just not his game. Um, but with that, um, he creates a mismatch for this team. Um, defensively because of the way we've seen the especially the way we've seen the cornerbacks play as as of late and, and this season especially is who what what guy do you trust to stick with him? Um he create I think they said in week fourteen, I thought next gen stats said he created four point eight yards of separation, um, which was the most of anybody in week fourteen. Um so I I mean when you have a guy putting up uh, doing things like that and that can create that kind of separation um, that's really hard to stick with, and when your cornerbacks aren't sticking with people the way, the way they should be, um, that's cause for concern. So I think um, what really worries you the most is who do you put on him? Do you shadow him at all, or do you try to play it straight across? And um, Because they're going to eat in zone coverage. That's the tough part. Is it <laughs> There really isn't like this. Um, perfect scenario of, of of stopping them because of the way they do deploy their running backs. Um, so I think it's really about making sure that uh, you you, tr- you you try to just keep Keenan Allen um, contained rather than uh, letting him have the the ten plus reception type of games where he's he's going off and he's getting open on every single play because when that happens that that offense just gets even more dangerous. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm gonna be curious to see how they how they uh, deploy that. Mike Williams is obviously another um, tough guy to to match up with, but at least with him, uh, besides his his strength and his ability to really go up and get the ball and high point it, um, you have some cornerbacks in like a Trey Waynes, who um, I mean, in the past, not essentially this year, but more so in the past, wasn't giving up those big plays down the field. Um, so at least there's that opportunity for someone like Trey Waynes to hopefully like step up a little bit and um if he does match up against Mike Williams and make sure that that um that gets taken away a little bit um I could see Mackenzie Alexander as being like a 
a good matchup for Keenan Allen. At least uh, um, he's been playing likely like the best cornerback on the team so far. Uh, and he's the kind of guy that, that does try to play sticky coverage. He's a um, really good lateral agility. So he's that type of guy that, and he's patient. So I think at times, I mean, obviously he can get, he can get a little too aggressive. Um, but I think he could be a good, that could be a good uh, matchup to, to watch. This week. Right, and Prince, Miles alluded to it there. How do you suspect the Vikings are going to want to to match up to slow down these uh these San Diego, LA, going back to San Diego running backs? Well, I think Andre Eckler has been playing uh, playing really really Ooh. well, which is wh- Eckler. I said, did I say Andre? Eckler? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all down there. I, we're, we're just not putting enough respect on the, uh, on yeah, the San Diego clear, Los Angeles Chargers um, name this evening. But uh, the issue with the Vikings currently right now, I think last, uh, this last game was probably one of our uh, better games uh, on the interior. I think Livball Joseph had a really, really good game, which, I mean, we, we've said it time and time again, that the interior of the Vikings defensive line has struggled. Um, and I and I think if there's one area where they're going to maybe find, um, if they can find some semblance of of life, is uh, having the, the Chargers attack our interior defensive line. They're going to try to stay away from Dina Hunter. They're going to try to stay away from Everson Griffin. Um, but I I think that that's something that the Vikings can understand that they they probably have a weakness there. So have bring in a little bit more support with Anthony Barr and. Uh, Eric Hedges to kind of mug up that middle a little bit more so. Um, but it's it'll it'll be tough. Um they they have two really, really good backs um there that obviously that they can utilize both in the pass and, and in the run game. So um I think if the Vikings if if there is going to be um, uh, you know, if Zimmer does a really good job game planning to shut down again Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, all those guys, I, I think where the, the Vikings can probably let go is is going to be the run game and they're probably going to get theirs you know we probably see a hundred plus rusher but ultimately speaking i think this is a game that i mean i guess you can let them go off a little bit more so because they have some other issues uh you know on the outsides that they have to worry about hey of course somehow you would find a way to spin that back around to a hundred yard runner because of course so let's go to the other side how do you think the Vikings are going to fare? Where are you looking for the Vikings to exploit things in this matchup against the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers? Taxi Prince. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm surprised it hasn't happened over the last couple of games a little bit more. So, um, this is going to be a really good game to get Dalvin Cook, um, really involved in, in the passing game. Not that every game isn't isn't good for that, but I think especially uh, this game, I think there's some, you know, get him into the flag, get him, you know, get him behind. Uh, the linebackers, I think that's really where you're going to see him be able to thrive a little bit more so. Um, we've all been a little bit surprised with Alexander Mattson and how well he's played. Um, but I don't think this is going to be a game. He might be out this week, though. Yeah, he could be. So it might just be the Dalvin Cook show. You're right, Miles. Um, so, again, I think this is going to be really good to get uh, Dalvin Cook um, into open space a little bit more so because I, I just think that they're not going to find very much success running it up the middle. Um, so yeah, trying to find trying to find more unique ways to make Dalvin more of a, a pass catching uh, running back in this game. I think that's where you're going to see CS really succeed. Is it is it Mike Boone season? Is that what we're talking about here? 
Hey, my uh, generation of Mike so. Boone is about Amir to get Abdul. out of here and do work. <laughs> it might be Amir Abdullah season. But but he's a good pass catcher, so like um but to piggyback off what Prince is saying, I feel like what they should try to do, we know that Diggs is the deep threat, but we know that at the same time, if Adam Thielen's back, that really should help open up things. Um likely you'll you'll still probably see the teams potentially try to double Diggs and Thielen um as often as they can. But I do believe that they have that much confidence they in their safeties, especially in Derwin James, that um, they might not try to do that as often. They want to keep Derwin James free um, and let him roam around the way he does and keep him around the line of scrimmage, kind of like what we've seen with the Vikings with uh, Harrison Smith over the years. Um, so you actually might be able to s- exploit some of that aggressiveness um, because of them wanting to keep Derwin, move Derwin, Derwin James, excuse me, all over the field. Um, that might You might find a, a time here or there where they get a little overly aggressive, and you might be able to hit them over the top um, with that kind of uh, aggressiveness that they'll do. Um, but at the same time, what I would love to see is why not take a page out of the Chargers book and utilize Dalvin Cook the way that um, the Chargers utilize Austin Eckler? You know, screens, uh, motion him out wide, let him run some of those quick-hitting routes um, and find those mismatches against the linebackers in the passing game. Uh, because those linebackers can't keep up with him. Thomas Davis is like 45. Um, uh, I, don't want, I don't want Eckler to do a damn thing this weekend, Miles. <laughs> Denzel, Denzel, that, man, 45, Miles. I mean, Denzel, damn. Denzel, Denzel, Denzel Perriman, 45. My bad. <laughs> Denzel Perriman is uh, – uh, he's not that – like that's not his skill set. Like speed isn't his, isn't his game. He's more of a downhill – Thumper, uh, really good in the run game. Like he's had a good season, but Prince, really, bro. Uh, and then Nwosu. My bad. I thought I had it on mute. <laughs> Nwosu is the type of guy that really likes to rush the passer. So, the if there's an area that you really can exploit this this defense, it's got to be the linebackers. So why not utilize Dalvin Cook and do some of the things that, like I said, the Chargers use with Austin Eckler. And do that with Diggs because we know how dynamic Diggs or Dalvin Cook is. Excuse me. We know how dynamic he is. Um, let's exploit that. And I don't. I want. I would love to see Austin Eckler go off, but the Chargers still lose and the Vikings win. Oh, Prince yeah. knows why. Fantasy football. Oh. Twelve and one out in the first round. So sad. So sad. So sad. Very, I mean, not for you, sad. Miles. It's not not for you. Yo, bring it no, home. I know. I know. One, one. I have to play no y'all. Miles, what did I? Miles, what did I tell you in the beginning of the season that our two teams are the best teams home. in the league, man? And look what happened. Dude. Look what happened. <laughs> I'm about to win. Okay. I still believe in my squad, but I just lost like my top two wide receivers. I know, but you got Lamar that Jackson. Is a cheat code. That's in, true. in the league that I'm currently uh, most that that I have all my 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 chips in on. Lamar has has drugged me along. Even early in the season, I only had one quarterback in the two QB league. Lamar was able to get it done for me. <laughs> he, get, he did he enough, enough for two he quarterbacks. For two he, quarterbacks. He, he drugged me along. So uh, with yeah. all that said, gentlemen, Miles, what are you predicting in this matchup? How do you see it going? That, man, this is one of those games that like, and so I'll start off. The Vikings have been weird with the AFC West this year. 
they've obviously killed the the Raiders before the Raiders decided to play well during the middle of the season, um, but they're at home. But the the rest of it, they kind of shot themselves in the foot quite often against the the Broncos and the uh, the Chiefs. They obviously came back and beat the Broncos in historic fashion. Um, couldn't find a way to beat the Chiefs with their backup quarterback, but still both really good games um, from the team. I shouldn't say really good, but good good games in terms of like back and forth. It was close. Um, they had an opportunity to win the game, especially against the Chiefs. This is a talented Chargers team. We don't know who's going to show up, but at the same time, if you can roll in the confidence on the defensive side that you had and saw against the Lions and roll that into Sunday, that's going to go a long way. If Zimmer can dial up some some good pressure at some good times and get, get in Phillip Rivers' head early, um, like I know the last time they played him, Everson Griffin was talking smack to Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers said he didn't know who Everson Griffin was. Um, stuff like that. Um, but if they can dial up the pressure and get in Phillip Rivers' face, they you know he's not an, a mobile quarterback. Um, he doesn't have what he used to have in the pocket either. Um, he's making a lot more mistakes, um, throwing a lot more interceptions and turning the ball over. Um, you want to exploit that. And um, if you can do that early, I, obviously Phillip Rivers is the type of quarterback where he's always going to go out and sling it. But if you can get to him early and, and affect that a little bit, I think you can kind of help try to shut that down early and so that make that comeback for them later in the game a wider margin so that it you just help give yourself that room. So um, I'm rambling here, but I, I, I believe the Vikings will win because I believe they're the better team and I think they're a little bit more complete. Uh, and like you said, Jason, they're probably going to be more of the home team here. Um, but I just think that the Vikings aren't going to make that colossal mistake that we've seen from the Chargers the this Rivers season. might not even finish this game. All right, Prince, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? How does this game end up? Trap game. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I do think this is going to be like very similar to the uh, Broncos game in a sense. I would not be surprised if the Vikings go down two scores in this game and still win the game. Um, I think they're, the Vikings are clearly the better team. Uh, but I, I worry that, again, they know that they're the better team and that doesn't allow them to always prepare the way that you know, good teams should prepare themselves week in and week out. Um, I think Philip Rivers is still still a great quarterback. He'll get his um, a couple times, and I think that's going to cause everyone to kind of freak out like they did when we were facing the Broncos. But ultimately speaking, I still think the Vikings uh, end up with a W at this game or for this game. Ultimately speaking, I still think the Vikings uh, end up with a W. And that is the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we will talk to you soon. Have a good one.